Hello and welcome to Drilled. I'm Amy Westervelt. And this was a hell of a week for climate lawsuits. <laughs> On Wednesday, the state of Minnesota sued Exxon, Coke Industries, and the American Petroleum Institute in a groundbreaking case alleging consumer fraud pegged to 30 years of climate disinformation campaigns. It's a really bold suit taking a new approach. It's centered on disinformation about climate change as a crime against the people of Minnesota. And then the very next day on Thursday morning, Washington DC filed its climate disinformation suit against BP, Chevron, ExxonMobil, and Shell. Like the Minnesota case, the DC case is built around consumer protection law, not nuisance law, which the majority of other climate cases are based on. That's a really important distinction, and it will be interesting to watch what happens with both the nuisance and these consumer fraud approaches in the months ahead. We'll have more details on the Minnesota and DC cases for you right after this quick message from today's sponsor. Hi, it's Amy here, and I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast from APM Studios and Western Sounds called Ripple. Such a good idea, this show. In the aftermath of major disasters, there is always a swarm of media attention. The public is captivated by breaking news, there's coverage and controversy, and then the cameras and the public just move on. But the stories are not finished. Ripple is a new series investigating the stories we were told were over. In season one, the reporting team traveled hundreds of miles across the Gulf Coast to learn the ongoing effects of the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which are still impacting many coastal residents more than a decade later. You can listen now to Ripple wherever you get your podcasts. suing these three entities specifically because they designed, conducted, funded this campaign of deception. They carried it out in Minnesota in violation of the laws of Minnesota. That is Attorney General from the great state of Minnesota, Keith Ellison, announcing a lawsuit against the American Petroleum Institute, ExxonMobil, and Coke Industries. This is a really big deal. Starting with the fact that none of the other climate lawsuits have named the API and Coke, which is interesting because those are two names that you hear a lot when you hear about climate denial. But this suit is squarely focused on disinformation, so it makes a lot of sense that API and Coke would be included. Plus, Coke does actually operate a refinery in Minnesota as well. Coke Industries and its owners, the infamous Charles and David Koch, were major funders of climate denial through the 90s and 2000s, funding various front groups and think tanks and all sorts of messaging against climate action. 
The API, of course, is an organization we've covered a lot in this podcast. They've been around for over 100 years and have been a key architect and funder of climate denial for decades. Here's environmental sociologist Bob Brule talking about how much they spent with just one PR firm, Edelman, from 2008 to 2012. 2008 and got $75 million that year. And then 2009, let's see. 2009, they got $68 million. 2010, they got $63 million. And then in 2011, they got $68 million. And then in 2012, $52 million. That's hundreds of millions of dollars in one contract to one firm over just four years. Some of that money went toward ad campaigns. Some of it went to front groups. Some went to PR. All of it was in the service of promoting fossil fuels as a great and necessary part of America and undermining anything that said otherwise, including the science on climate change. The Minnesota case alleges that these three broke Minnesota consumer protection laws by essentially lying to the public about climate change. It's an interesting approach because Unlike the 14 climate liability cases making their way through various state and federal courts right now, this one is unlikely to deal with jurisdictional issues. It's a state suit about the violation of state laws. That makes it a lot harder for fossil fuel defendants to remove it to federal court, which is something they've tried to do in all of these cases. Here's Assistant Attorney General Lee Curry spelling it out. This complaint does not seek to hold these companies accountable for climate change. It seeks to hold them accountable for violating Minnesota's consumer protection laws. Of course, the case also comes on the heels of weeks worth of Black Lives Matter protests that started in Minnesota over the police killing of George Floyd. And Ellison and his colleagues made the connection between climate change and racial justice crystal clear. Sam Grant, the director of Minnesota 350, had this to say. We have a choice between freedom to profit over freedom to breathe. It ought to be a no-brainer that the freedom to breathe must come first because we have to live in order for anything else to happen. And on the first page of the complaint, in the very first paragraph, it reads, quote, Warming will continue with devastating economic and public health consequences across the state and, in particular, disproportionately impact people living in poverty and people of color. This is the first time I've seen environmental justice mentioned this explicitly in any of these climate cases, so it's great to see it. And the D.C. case also notes that low-income communities and communities of color and elderly communities will be disproportionately impacted by climate change. Like the Minnesota case, it also hinges on consumer protection statutes. Filing suit under these consumer protection laws means that Minnesota and Washington, D.C. do not have to prove they are suffering specific climate harms, like more extreme wildfires or flooding or rising sea levels or higher temperatures, even though, of course, those things are happening They don't have to prove it. They don't have to prove that the fossil fuel companies even caused it. What they do have to prove is that the fossil fuel defendants lied to consumers, that they have put out misleading information, false advertising. The DC complaint also includes withholding information from the public. 
Here's Kate Kanopka, Deputy Attorney General in charge of the Public Advocacy Division for D.C. She wrote D.C.'s climate complaint and explains how this consumer protection statute works here. I want to be clear that this case has been brought as a consumer protection case. And so, in, in fact, the harm comes to consumers when they are not given full and accurate information about the purchases that they are making. And so it's very important for us to keep in mind that, um, one, there is no requirement for us to show harm, but two, that really the, the point of the matter is, is that these consumers have been harmed by their failure to be able to make informed purchasing decisions. Our consumer protection statute is an extremely broad remedial vehicle, which gives us a very broad ability, not only um, affirmative misrepresentations, but also the company's failure to provide information that they had that would have been material to purchasers' purchasing decisions. The D.C. complaint focuses quite a bit on the fossil fuel company's more recent ad campaigns, which highlight their investments in renewables and paint natural gas as a clean, green fuel. I'm sure you've seen these ads or heard them in various podcasts in recent years. Here's a small sampling. Some farms grow food. This one grows fuel. Doers need energy and demand for it is expected to grow. America's natural gas and oil companies are successfully meeting the demand for greater energy. Our natural gas can step in to keep the power flowing and the lights shining. The biggest natural gas booster by far in the last decade has been the American Petroleum Institute, API, which is not a named defendant in the D.C. suit. However, the API is mentioned in the complaint... The D.C. folks take the stance that the fossil fuel companies fund and control the API, so they hold the companies accountable for API's actions. This could all get pretty interesting if either of these cases makes it past the fossil fuel companies' inevitable motion to dismiss these cases. If these cases get into discovery, I suspect we will see quite a bit more documentation of exactly who knew what about climate change, when they knew it, and what they did with that information. it for this time. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you updates on these and all the other climate cases out there as they happen. You can also read more details about both of these cases and access the full complaints on our website, drillednews.com. I want to take a minute and thank our latest Patreon patrons. They are Robert, April Mahajan, Kendall Zaborowski, Stacy, Craig Harvey, Sally Francis, Mark Inyard, And a special thanks to Jonathan Starr, our big green energy patron. Thank you guys so much. Your support is helping us revamp our climate COVID policy tracker this month because there are more than 100 items on there now and it's getting really unwieldy and hard to use. 
So we're doing a bit of a user experience refresh on that and we'll relaunch it in the next week or so. In the meantime, you're also helping us continue to track all of the policy rollbacks. And big news, in the next month or so, we'll be launching our drilled local reporting network, bringing stories to the website and the podcast from reporters on the front lines in oil and gas states. So if you've got a local climate accountability story you think we should look into, or you know a great reporter where you live, or you've got a tip for the tracker, give us a shout at pitches at drillednews.com. And finally, we have a new season coming at you in July. If you're not already a Patreon subscriber, you might want to think about signing up in the next month. We're going to release all of season five at once as a binge listen and subscribers will get it early. We'll have a trailer for you on that in the next couple weeks. I'm excited for you all to hear it. Okay, that's it for the sales pitch. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.